welcome to The Last Track, where we help people showcase the last track of their life story in their final wishes. I am your host, Brian Norris, the co-owner of Bateman Funeral Home in Newport, Oregon. Just like a song can bring you back to a day, a time, and a memory, so too can a well-planned service. As I am asked in this industry by families and friends, you know, what's your biggest question that you get? And I can probably say without a doubt, my biggest question is, who is my legal next of kin? Or said a little bit differently, who has the legal obligation or right to make final arrangements for me when I pass away? And the answer to that question can be a little bit tricky. The first number one person that comes to mind is the person that comes in and says, I have the power of attorney, and so I'm taking care of so-and-so. Well, that might be true, but it wouldn't be the power of attorney that allows that person to make the final arrangements. And people are shocked and surprised more often than not that a power of attorney passes on death because it's a power of attorney while that person is living. When they die, that power of attorney expires with them. And I've had, no, but Brian, I have a durable power of attorney. Well, and it's durable until death. Or I have a general power of attorney. I can do anything. Well, that's true until death. Just like the medical, and if you think about it this way, the medical power of attorney passes on death as well. Why? They don't need medicine anymore. And so all power of attorney passes on death. That is not what allows somebody to take care of final arrangements. So just just how does that work? Well, first and foremost, if a person has a will, In that will, if they stipulate specifically for final arrangements, then that could work. Just because you're the executor or the executrix of a will does not make you the person that is in charge of those final arrangements. You are in charge of the estate and you're in charge of taking care of all those businesses as as well as paying for final expenses. But the executor, when you're looking at ranking, when you stack rank a next of kin, the executor actually falls as the letter G. Just so you know, it starts at the letter A. A, B, C, D, E, F, G. That's where the executor falls. So let's talk about exactly who is a next of kin and how that ranking works. So the very first and foremost person who has the legal right and responsibility of taking care of somebody when they pass away and take care, taking care of their final arrangements of that body is the spouse, surviving spouse. 
Now, the surviving spouse is that person, number one. Now, let's say that person's incapacitated. You know, maybe they're in the bed next to them. Well, they're still legally responsible unless somebody has a power of attorney for them. And that's where it gets kind of tricky. So if my mom passed away and my dad has some challenges and I have power of attorney for all of my dad's decisions, then I can go in and I can take care of the final arrangements. Obviously, I wouldn't want to make sure that my dad is in agreement with those things if he's capable of making those decisions. So that's number one, spouse. And that also falls underneath a registered domestic partner that falls in that same level of A. And the level A person who may have a power of attorney for that person. So that's A. The next in line is a son or a daughter. It can be an adopted son or daughter. It cannot be a stepson or daughter. It's, it runs along the line of, of natural bloodlines. Son, daughter, adopted son or daughter. So then we get into the question of we have four children and three of them want one thing and one wants another. Well, in the state of Oregon, we only need to have one person sign and we are able to move forward. Now, what generally happens is I step out of the room and I say, you guys talk about it. And when I come back in, I want a unanimous decision. Because the last thing we need to do is have a person cremated and everybody else said it should have been buried. And then we are stuck in the middle of a lawsuit. Now, legally, I'm okay with doing the cremation, but it's not good for the family. So that's when you get into those wars. Ideally, the person has already stipulated what they wanted in advance. Unfortunately, probably 70% of the time that was not done. And now the children are deciding what to do. So it starts with spouse, registered domestic partner, a person with a power of attorney over one of those levels, and then it goes to children. Then we go to if the person doesn't have any children, maybe they were a young person, didn't have any children, hadn't been married. Well, then it goes back to parents. I've had 90 and 100 year old parents signing for 80 year old people that have passed away, 70 year old people that have passed away that didn't have any children, didn't have a spouse. That makes that next of kin being a parent. So a parent of the decedent. And then you go to brothers and sisters that are over the ages of 18. I got to mention too, son or daughter that is over the age of 18. We've had people 16 and 17, very capable of making decisions, but legally they couldn't do it. So then I went to an aunt or an uncle and then the son, and they absolutely took into account what that the child's wishes were. A guardian of the decedent at the time of death. And that's the person that we're getting down to E. F is a person of the next degree of kindred, which means cousins, second cousins, that kind of stuff. And then we get finally all the way down to G, which is the person that has the charge of the will. 
And I've had, again, I've had people waving it going, I am the executor and that's great. And I go, well, did you want to be G and let this other person make the decision? Because you're G. And actually they were way over there on B, a son or a daughter. And it's like, oh no, I want to use that right. Okay, well then let's move forward as a son or a daughter. So then we start getting into some kind of stuff where it's the person who has been nominated as the personal representative of the decedent in the decedent's last will. So actually, technically, if the person in charge of the will as the executor executrix actually outranks that person that's been appointed in the will. And then we get all the way down to a public health officer. That's all the way down at I. So what we do is if a person has nobody, we can't find anybody, and generally this is going to be somebody that's passed away, this indigent, no children, no relatives, nothing. Generally what happens is I get a public health officer of our county to sign the cremation authorization. We take care of them as indigent. Now we've talked about all of this, and this all falls under the Oregon Revised Statute 97.130, if you care to look that up. But... And that's the same way in, in every state. It's going to be very, 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 very similar. So, but now we get to the point of, so what if I have children who are legal next of kin or a spouse who that's a legal next of kin, but I really don't want them to have to deal with it. Or I want to make sure that my wishes are honored. And so I'm going to step completely outside all of that legal next of kin information and I can actually appoint somebody and that jumps everybody to the very front of the line and that actually becomes greater than the letter A, spouse. If you appoint somebody and you can actually go to our website, uh, BatemanPacificView.com and on our website, if you go under forms, you will find a document that's called appointment of another. And that's going to be the very last one on the left if you're looking on the website. And it's called an appointment of another. And that's a legal document that has all the legal language on it that's required to be able to appoint somebody. And again, why would you want to appoint somebody? Well, maybe you don't, I hate to say it this way, but maybe you don't trust those people that are in your next of kin line and we've had it happen where somebody has had a big ten dollars to $15,000 pre-need set aside in a trust or an insurance policy set aside to take care of those final expenses. And when the day comes, the person that's going to be your legal next of kin goes, huh, I'm going to do a direct cremation and pocket the other fourteen grand." Oops. Maybe you wanted to be buried in a casket, in a plot at a certain cemetery and that 15 grand was going to take care of all of that. Now you're getting cremated and you're going to be scattered in some bushes and <laughs> that person's going to pocket the 14 grand. Now that's an extreme case, but it's not unheard of and we see it every year. And so we tell people if you're not quite sure or if you want to save your spouse from the emotional roller coaster that goes with doing all of this, you can appoint somebody and that person can still work with the spouse or the children. But you're, you know, if you have a very sensitive next of kin, it's not a bad idea to appoint somebody that you know will take care of your wishes the way you want it 
and fill out that form and have it set with your will, have it set in your pre-need file. We do that all the time. We'll put it in a file here in the funeral home. And when we open it up, when that person passes, we have all the wishes laid out. We have everything all prepaid. And then we have the appointment of the person that, so we know who to call and we get it taken care of. So that's a way to be able to do that. Now, if I make a pre-arrangement, does the next of kin matter? Well, yes. You know, again, legally, that next of kin is the person who will be executing it. The pre-need will have everything outlined, but that whoever that next of kin is or the appointment of another will be working through that pre-need to make sure everything is taken care of how you wanted it. In every podcast, we have a time for remembrance. So we'd like to take this moment to remember all the families that are experiencing a loss and light a virtual candle in their memory. So I hope we've answered all your questions. Share this with somebody that you think would need that information. That is probably my number one question is who takes care of final arrangements and who is the legal next of kin. Thank you very much. 